0: This is Zoe Wood recording for Seek the Joy podcast with the story The Healing Power of Friendship. Each time February comes around, Mother Nature reminds me of the events of two years ago when this month began to mean something different to me. Before then, February was just a lightness of step after January's hibernation and December's excess. But now when February comes and nature begins to warm the bright yellow mimosa trees into bloom, lining the streets again with their celebration, it will always remind me of two things, when I met her and when I lost him. They say that the colour of rose which you should give to symbolise your friendship is yellow. It makes sense that yellow surrounded us during that February, because above all it was a time of friendship. I met her in a meditation group. The room was already silent when I arrived late and took the seat beside her, but like schoolchildren, we whispered against the hush. We exchanged compliments. She noticed the honey-coloured stone I wore on my hand, once belonging to my grandmother. Later, as each group member took turns to introduce themselves and say a little bit about what was on their hearts, I learnt that her name was Jacqueline. As she spoke, she sat poised like a dancer. Her words were courageously vulnerable and clear. As I listened, I felt the energy surrounding me rush upwards, like a waterfall travelling up towards the sky. It was as if our meeting, or perhaps it was a reunion from another lifetime, was lifting me out of my seat and into flight. Another sister of magic. I thought to myself with an inward smile. We were both far from home then, having moved to Barcelona. She had ventured across the sea alone that winter from the USA, and I had arrived from England a year before. She related to the passion for healing and teaching work that was inside me, as well as the weight I felt that I was in many ways still preparing, unformed. As often happens on unfamiliar soil, the process of becoming more ourselves was speeded up, sometimes painfully so. The events that were to come only weeks after our first meeting would only add fuel to this sacred fire. I have met a handful of people who have become like my family, but in my blood family I grew up with one sibling, Daniel. Fifteen months older than me and a true friend, he was the one I could call in a crisis in the early hours of the morning, who would listen and laugh with me until I fell asleep again. A few weeks after I met Jacqueline, Daniel died of an overdose. I didn't expect it. I don't believe that he did either. He lived alone, but his flat was left orderly, except for a few dishes in the sink and some crumpled envelopes. His hope was written on a piece of paper in his living room, a blue ink reminder to himself, simply saying, I deserve to be well. The morning after I received the news from my family back in England, I was walking aimlessly through the streets of Barcelona. Through the shock and mental fog, the thought came that I probably shouldn't be alone, but as I scrolled through the names on my phone, the question of who to call was unanswerable. I silently asked Spirit for guidance. I don't know who to be with or what to do. Please send me what I need. I carried on walking into the shadowy streets of the Gothic Quarter and rounded a corner directly into Jacqueline. Her wordless hug held room for all of my pain. It didn't require me to speak or to be anything other than how I was in that moment. I didn't need to say any of the things that feel false in their inadequacy to express the experience of losing a loved one, like, I can't believe he's gone, or I miss him. She intuitively knew that just to be embraced was what I needed. She held the space generously and courageously, gifting me the safety to stand there breathing in raw emotion without words that would have pulled me back up to the surface of social performance. That moment of unconditional love taught me so much and is in many ways the foundation of the work I do now. My job is guiding people in emotional healing, using breathwork and energy healing, helping people connect to their power and truth. I use the same techniques I share with clients in my own life, Retreating into a quiet place to breathe, to come back to my heart from my busy brain again and again. Sometimes, though, all it takes to heal is friendship. Those precious few friends who you only need to think about to feel yourself filling up with love for them, with gratitude just for the fact that they exist. My brother Daniel was one of those people, and right from the start, so was Jacqueline. We bonded over bright, chilly mornings, drinking café con leche and eating croissants during the aftermath of Dan's death. She was the epitome of softness and strength. The steadiness of her love and her mischief both reminded me of him. After a while, it was hard to fathom that they had never actually met. In those early days, I often felt irrationally ashamed that I couldn't function with the grief. Once, I anxiously mumbled something to her about not being able to show up to my life. You're sad, she gently offered. You're just sad. Maybe the way to show up right now is to show up for yourself and for those feelings. That's enough. Though well into my twenties, the summer that followed had the feeling of an adolescent coming of age. In a way, grief fuelled me, made me realise that there was nothing worse to fear. Perhaps too it was the first time that I had felt loved enough to push against the edges of life in a way that was creative rather than destructive, having spent my teenage years largely numb, trapped inside a mask of compliance, pleasing adults, academic institutions and the entitled men I chose alike. But with Jacqueline that summer there was a reckless edge to our joy, which made it shine even brighter. Our laughter was the laughter between children, goading each other on as siblings do. I felt down with us, saying, who cares if things go wrong? And what could that even mean now anyway? Who cares what anyone thinks? I knew love, and everything else became a footnote. We moved out of the city together, to a village in the forest unknown to us both, largely because of the bright yellow of its mimosa trees and the melodic sound of its name, Floresta. At our new home, we confined discussion of mundane issues to house meetings cross-legged on a red blanket, under the shade and supervision of the umbrella pine tree. We were almost always outdoors, climbing down a steep mountainside arms full of camping gear to spend the night sleeping on the beach, which turned out to be the home of clouds upon clouds of mosquitoes. We slept on the deck of a boat out to the island of Minorca, with nothing but stars and sea as we sat together, asking the unseen for guidance about our futures. Our friendship brought down walls I had built up inside me, Walls that said it wasn't safe to let other people help, or to receive love. Once, in tears, and then feeling ashamed of my tears, I said, I feel like too much time has passed since his death to be crying like this. Zoe, she said, if you are crying like this in 10 or even 20 years from now, that will be okay, and I'll be here. Her acceptance was alchemy. Sadness lifted, just in that moment it was given full permission to be there. As I sit here now, the smell of blossom from the mimosa trees in their final days floats through the window, along with the sound of music played full volume by our neighbour across the road. Only he isn't our neighbour now, only mine. Jacqueline left when it was time, travelling back across the sea. Though not here in person, her presence remains everywhere. Her parting gift and dance was a lesson in a kind of love which endures all circumstances, unbound by time and space. What have you learnt about yourself from sharing your story? I learnt that when I honestly share my story and write about love and healing in particular, it feels like casting a spell. It seems to invoke the power of those times and amplifies it, spreads it around. And the opportunity to tell it and even the existence of a platform like this, which gives people such freedom of expression, gave me that warm feeling of just being in the right place and at the right time. Um, To me, these are times where we're seeing the power that rushes in when we speak our truth and when we celebrate one another. Also, it was a reminder of just how much I love to write and especially to write about love. What is your biggest dream? My biggest dream. Well, since we said big, I'm going to be honest and say that my biggest dream would be for our planet to be restored to a place of light and love. On a personal level, it would be to look back on my life when I'm an old lady and be able to say that I experienced total fulfilment in my writing, healing and teaching work, a life with plenty of singing and dancing, sand between my toes, friendship, romance, and connection to spirits. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.